Hello, and welcome to Spellcast, episode 21. I'm your host, Courtney, and this is my co-host, Andriel. Greetings, friends. It's that time again. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're not used to that uh, to be spoken of for sowing in the middle of autumn. <laughs> yeah, wait, isn't that Christmas? <laughs> I mean, I didn't sing it. So. <laughs> That's true. We'll have to sing it for you all. But I guess for you'd right- have to do it. In, in the minor key, I suppose. Oh, yeah, that spooky key. That'd be really cool. I love any songs that are in that key. Um, but for now, we're talking about sewing. October 31st to the 1st. And uh, it's a wonderful Sabbath to discuss, one of our favorites. We will also be discussing a few other holidays that commemorate the dead that just so happen to be around this time of year. And we're going to explain that there is no coincidence to that, friends. But is there ever a coincidence to anything? As all coincidences, as a good man always said to me, it's just a coincidence to something. Ooh, I like it. Uh, Yeah, and we love to uh, highlight different cultures and everything. So we are going to make sure we cover as many as we can. Um, And like he said, there's no coincidence that different cultures celebrate similar holidays around this time of year. We will also be discussing... Halomas, All Souls Day, All Saints Day, Dia de los Muertos, and Fetigede. Yeah, so it should be pretty all-encompassing. Uh, if we miss any and it's something that you celebrate or you know about, feel free to contact us and let us know. We'd love to do a little shout-out about it. Um, yeah, and just, uh, I'd like to do right now, speaking of shout-outs, uh, a little shout-out to Two Hexy Mamas. They've been so great and supportive to us, and we have a really good rapport with them. So thanks, ladies, and... Uh, your husbands too for helping us out we really appreciate it but to get into our episode right now uh why don't you start off andrea explain sewing a little bit wonderful okay so uh this holiday which is spelled wonderfully by celtic people s-a-m-h-a-i-n you know i have a little trick um whenever something is spelled kind of not at all how it sounds i'm just like oh this is celtic it has to be (laughs) Ah, uh, the thing that's funny about it is much like Siobhan, that... <laughs> I was just going to say that. Yeah, that word spells out Sawin or Sawin, depending on the region of dialect. Mm. Sawin, you usually think of uh, the Welsh Isles, or maybe even like the Isle of Man. Uh, but uh, Sawin, uh, we think of the standard uh, areas of uh, Ireland and Scotland. Yes, and... Um... I am part Irish, so this is really interesting to me. I really want to do. Uh, I really want to delve into more of the uh, Celtic culture, anyway. Um, but I find this to be really interesting because it's the thinning of the veil. Yes, yes. Uh, to to continue on, not to stifle that, we'll come oh, right no, back to that. Oh no, not at all. Um, Samhain is uh, it. It originates, at least from how we know it. Um, again, in the Celtic Isles, it's a Gaelic festival marking the end of the harvest season, the final harvest or the second to last harvest, depending on which, you know, uh, traditions and or superstitions you may follow. Um, one, uh, I will say one thing, and that, that's a, probably a thing to say is that can you be, uh, can being superstitious and believing in magic be synonymous? Are they mutually exclusive? No, I don't think so. I think there's people that do practice magic, um, that still hold on to some superstitions. I think, uh, a lot with superstition just has to do with, um, fear or anxiety or maybe family tradition. I think some people don't even realize they have certain superstitions. Suppose it's a fine, fine line between actual signs and uh, the human condition of worrying a bit too much about certain things. This is to obviously celebrate the darker half of the year. Mm. It is the final Sabbath on the sabbatical wheel of the year, which has eight particular holidays, and are usually connotated with the seven chakras plus the eighth chakra, which is the octave above the first. This one usually has to do with the eighth chakra, for obvious reason. It's the last Sabbath of the year. Some people also call it the Witch's New Year or the Pagan New Year or the Celtic New Year. Um, Essentially, uh, why it is associated with the eighth chakra is because the eighth chakra is outside of our body. Um, Some spiritualists call this Christ consciousness. It is the energy that is outside of your body, the energy that's above you uh, on a different level of consciousness. And that would make sense that 
connotating with that energy, you'd be able to communicate with as many deities and as many spirits as possible, that the veils between the physical and metaphysical world are being transcended. You know, there's a lot of symbolism that surrounds that, that kind of writes itself, so to speak. Now, uh, traditionally, this is celebrated from October 31st to November 1st, uh, because Celtic days actually uh, began at sunset. Um, it is the midway point, obviously, between uh, the autumn equinox Maybon and the winter festival of Yule. Um, the other three Sabbaths that uh, correspond, that are also of Gaelic origin, are obviously Imbolc, Beltane, and Lunasa. Um, there are many... Uh, wow, my brain just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> we've been, we've been uh, going a little hard lately, so... <laughs> I suppose we have to stop making excuses, though. I feel like we've said that the past No, I know, I know. we got to get our stuff together, but it's okay. Forgive us. Right. Uh, essentially, um, and we record this all the way through. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, modern uh, Halloween, the secular holiday that we know, comes from Sowen. A lot of the customs from Samhain um, are uh, what we celebrate in Halloween today. Halloween is, the word itself, if you look at it, is a combination of the pagan Samhain, or Samhain, mixed with Christian Halomas. And Halomas we will get to at a different time uh, in this podcast. Um, combine the two words together, and you get the secular holiday of Halloween. Yes, and something very interesting um, that I learned with Sewin is because it originated uh, in Celtic culture. Now, we do get the jack-o'-lantern from this time, uh, and they did celebrate with that, except the original jack-o'-lantern was actually carved into a turnip, which from my British friends I've heard is incredibly hard, and happy I'm happy we don't do that anymore, and we uh, now use an easier pumpkin. But pumpkins are native to Mexico and Central America. So up until the Tudor period, Europe didn't have pumpkins. Um, around the Tudor period is when they started getting pumpkins from the New World or the Americas and bringing them back. And roughly about what year was that? Uh, that's around, um, I want to say it's 1485 to 1630, something like that. It's definitely around there. <laughs> Fair enough. Continuing on. Uh, obviously, like I just said, it marks the end of the, you know, the spiritual pagan year to the next. Ancient Celtic tribes held assemblies during which disputes were settled and marriages were arranged. Should be told marriages were arranged at just about every Sabbath, but the symbolism <laughs> that surrounded them uh, was uh, all very different. Everyone likes an excuse to party. On a supernatural level, it is uh, obviously, again, when the, the veils thin and the spirits, elementals, the divine beings, fairies, pretty much anything and everything you can think of uh, can communicate with us very easily or can escape and cause havoc. <laughs> That's why you light other jack-o'-lanterns or you put up gargoyles or other uh, particular uh, votives or statues or uh, ornaments to ward away bad spirits. Yeah, and that's why they dressed up too. It started with the Celts. They dressed up as things to scare off these evil spirits or um, whatever it was they were afraid of. Typical ways to celebrate this time uh, are to obviously celebrate the dead. Uh, we're commemorating the dead. Anything that may have died that means something to you or the dead in general, uh, our coven and uh, myself personally, have always uh, lit candles for wayward spirits and if any spirits come our way that need a little help, a nudge to the spirit world or uh, someone to talk to or someone to help them deal with whatever is keeping them uh, bound in a particular place, usually that becomes our job and what I feel can be a moral obligation as a person who uses magic. Yes, and um, as I personally grow more in my spirituality, every year I'm going to start looking out uh, and be more careful about what I experience during this time because the veil is thinning. Um, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, I do see shadow people, different entities and stuff. So because I see them all the time, I'm going to pay extra special attention to this time of year. 
I'm just waiting for one of them to just, like, be a trickster spirit and just flip you off. Aren't they all, though? I feel like the way that some people describe them is they just, like, lurk and watch you. So, to me, it's just like, are you just making fun <laughs> of me? Like, what? They're like, hey, hey, look at this. I'm going to scare this chick. <laughs> <laughs> um, continuing on, obviously celebrating the dead. Like, uh, I, um, I'm not just celebrating the, the people I've lost in my family and not even just wayward human spirits, but also wayward animal spirits. Or maybe animals or other beings that I may have accidentally harmed uh, throughout my life. Like uh, earlier, in fact, a month ago, I'm, I'm very sad about this. And though it is a spiritual sign, it, it still made me quite sad. Uh, long story short, in the middle of a town, middle of a two-lane highway, really bizarre, uh, up in the middle of uh, Patchogue, Holbrook area, uh, a possum was in the road. And I thought it was a plastic bag. So I tried to avoid it, and then it literally walked into my tire, and that made me very sad. Mm. So uh, that uh, that was depressing, but I would also pay homage because I did accidentally take that creature's life. So I'm going to probably do what I can uh, during the entire uh, celebration time. Uh, even though Samhain is only, again, you know, we think the 31st into November 1st, if we're celebrating all these holidays, really, the thinning of the veil kind of happens... One could argue uh, between mid-October all the way to mid-November. Mm. Um, yeah, so I mean, celebrate when you can. I know um, sometimes, especially now that Halloween is on a Wednesday, it's going to be a little hard for people with work and stuff like that. So it's okay if you honestly don't get to do as much as you want. You have a couple of days leeway. See, but what's amazing me about the power of sewing falling on a Wednesday is mm -hmm. that Wednesday is also the day of the crossroads, the day that the entities and the mediums uh, of, you know, all spirits and uh, gods that associate with that day that uh, tend to be uh, about thinning the veil and helping you communicate with higher power as above, so below. So it's kind of a, a really resonant uh, sewing for the first time in a while. In a different sort of way, at least from what I sense and feel. Yes, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's going to be powerful for sure. And I'm really happy I actually got off because now I can spend the whole day with our coven and we can really celebrate. Ah, colors with this day are pretty obvious. Brown, mm. black, and orange. Yay. Uh, what you can do is, uh, for standard you know, celebrations and some spellcraft... You can decorate your circle with pumpkins, uh, any sort of gourds. Back in the day, again, they used turnips and mm -hmm. even, uh, I'm pretty sure they even did things with potatoes and certain root vegetables. Oh, if well, actually, we want to get very uh, down to the nitty gritty. Potatoes are also from the Americas, so I don't really know at the time period of which they may have done that. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> um... Oh, but you can also use Indian corn. I mean, that's a little more modern, and I'm sure, obviously, very closely related to American wait, celebrations. Wait, wait, but... wait, do you mean Native American corn? I do mean Native American corn. Sorry, I was looking at my book, and it said Indian, so I just kind of read it. Hmm. I meant Native American. I'm sorry. Um, uh, oh, you can... Uh, this one's the old favorite. We've seen this forever. Uh, we always... I feel like we always saw it on TV growing up, but we never actually have been to a party where everyone has the chops to set something like this up, but bobbing for apples. Oh, yeah, I miss doing that, actually. I've never done it. Have you done it before? I think when I was little, I vaguely remember doing it, or and at least being at a party, but as a little me, I don't know if I would have been like, this is gross and sticky. I don't want to stick my head in this. <laughs> hmm. Maybe That's I also what she said. <laughs> uh, I, I, I suppose in this day and age, maybe people have, uh, you know probably fallen in and forgotten to bring the head up in time oh uh, yeah but you know what i really want to bring that back at one of our parties we have to bob for apples just because it's ridiculous and fun uh, there is a, a significance to that and i'll have to dive further in the grimoire uh to speak about the origins of bobbing for apples um also for offerings now offerings for the spirits are just as important now granted we've always said this making offerings for the higher powers of any sorts be them gods deities lower fairies uh, angels, etc., etc. Um, but this time is obviously, you know, we're at, you know, the time of year where things are at their thinnest. 
Um, it's the one time a year where everyone tends to get a little bit more witchy. One mm-hmm. could argue the appropriation of culture, though, I mean, appropriation and cultural diffusion are, uh, I'd argue, tomato-tomato. Yeah, but and you know that's a politics as... talk for another day. <laughs> yeah, as long as people um, are embracing something and, and truly have a good intent to understand it, that's where I think is important. To quote uh, a really great author, uh, one of my favorites, author of the Haitian Voodoo Handbook, Kanas Filan, um, uh, if you're going to study a culture, you know, make sure you do it justice. Don't be a culture vulture. Right. Being a culture vulture essentially means just scavenging bits and pieces of it and not really seeing the true purpose and taking it on in your life, merely appropriating it for the sake of the fact that uh, you like it or uh, that you're mixing and making your own thing. Now, understanding everything as a whole is a way to bring things together and diffuse them in a way that I'd argue does justice to uh, the ethnic origins. Yes, definitely all important things to keep in mind. Standard offerings are as such. uh, You can leave a cup of wine out. Uh, you can leave anything made from pumpkins or anything that's uh, connotates with this time of year. You can leave any gifts, really. It's mm-hmm. uh, I've noticed that uh, it's sort of everything and nothing can be offered in this time of year. There, there are quite there are more specifics and therefore less specifics. And you can also um, offer a dumb supper of bread, salt, and cider, or beer, or even just set an extra place at your table while you're eating. Yes, yes. Um, we will also give you a recipe for something that, uh, I always liked, mm. uh, that I actually learned from one of, um, my, uh, early books that I've read on, uh, uh on, uh, magic and such. This one is, in particular, talks about Wicca, uh, uh, it's literally called The Book of Wicca, and it's by Lucy Summers. I like Lucy Summers. I believe that her book is a very, uh, comprehensive guide for a beginner and definitely easy to get through. Um... She gave a wonderful recipe for uh, Sabbath cakes, cakes that are obviously made for Sabbaths, in case that wasn't obvious. Um, And we will give you that recipe probably later in this episode. Yes, and um, or at the very least, uh, we'll have it written down somewhere uh, in one of the groups or on the page. But we make them almost for every Sabbath, at least we try. They're really simple, easy to do, and they're yummy. A nice prayer uh, that uh, I I like, you know, uh, a prayer, a rite, however you want to, if you, you're into chanting, which I am. Uh, gods of the dark months, or deities of the dark months, uh, lords of the far realms, we come to thee on this night of shadows to seek your boon. Lift the veil between the worlds and let our ancestors and loved ones come forth in peace. Let them feast with us and commune with us before returning to the Summerlands, or insert, you know, name of, you know, afterlife you you so please. Um, you could say the other worlds. Like, oh, great teachers, teach us the cycles of death and rebirth so that we are unafraid to journey there. Show us what love there is beyond death. And that one I always thoroughly enjoyed. If you want to take that directly from us and use it in your own uh, ritual this year, please be our guest. Yes, and uh, if you want to get the book, definitely do. Um... You know, the Book of Wicca by Lucy Summers, like he said, is a great comprehensive guide. So if you want that for all the different Sabbaths, definitely pick it up. Now, uh, though we are not uh, particularly Wiccan, uh, you know, the Wiccan uh, modern neo-pagan traditions are a fine, fine uh, course of study to have. Raymond Buckland was always a a wonderful writer. I really like Sean Robbins. Uh, she wrote The Good Witch Guide, Wikipedia. I want to say A Witch's Journal. Uh, for those of you on The Cauldron, she is uh, usually very, very active and very friendly. I strongly recommend her work along with uh, her co-authors, Liana Greenway and Charity Bedell. Yeah, all wonderful books. And um, I personally have uh, my grimoire for The Green Witch, which I may have referenced uh, in earlier episodes by Anne Mora. She's also great. Um, I like to study things that have to do with, uh, you know, nature, more of that, obviously, a green witch. Um, So if you're interested in that path, uh, whether you want to pursue it or just happen to learn about it, she's also a great resource for that. Uh, Included in her book, actually, are some really great activities for sewing that you can do. Um, So... You can make a spirit candle by anointing a white candle with patchouli oil, and then you would say, 
with this candle by its light, welcome spirits the sewing night. So it's really easy. You place a spirit candle inside a jack-o'-lantern and light to show spirits the way. Drink apple cider warmed and spiced with cinnamon to honor the dead. Bury an apple or pomegranate in the garden as a food for passing spirits. Do divinations to see the energies and tones of the months in the coming year. Make resolutions, write on a paper, and burn in the flame of a black candle. Um, now, those are all wonderful, simple things you can do if you, you know, don't have too many things at your disposal. Uh, again, when we've mentioned candle magic before, we're a very big proponent of that because it's simple and easy and you'll feel accomplished. You really will get something done. Um, and, you know, doing the New Year's resolution, I mean, that's always a great idea. Um, and some other things you can do are, like I mentioned, doing the dumb supper, which would be uh, dinner served in reverse and in silence with a play set for a spirit guest. Dinner served normally with conversation about the spirit guest. Or maybe done as part of the Sabbath at cakes and wine, serving food in reverse. Dessert, main course, salad, soup, appetizer, in silence, eating in silence, and then doing divinations. Um, now I'm assuming the name dumb supper comes from because, you know, they're not speaking and it's silent. And that is an old term for somebody that's silent. So that's yes. the only reason it's called that. Uh, it doesn't mean to offend anybody. Now, believe it or not, friends, uh, if we're, we're talking in the realms of politically correct language. Uh, the term idiot, moron, imbecile. Uh, mongoloid, all of those words were originally the legal terms uh, to discuss uh, people of some sort of mental disability. Unfortunately, people use words in a negative connotation, they become bad, and then people kind of uh, lose uh, the connotation that surrounds them. And they, they don't become legal, and then they just become words that kind of escape uh, the vernacular of standard talk. Yes, and we also have to be careful because sometimes the way things are labeled in journals or, uh, you know, scientific journals, psychology journals, anything like that, they use what is best at the time. Uh, and also, we have to take into account the culture surrounding the time period that those words were used and everything like that. So it's just kind of... You know, we have to watch out for historical bias and everything. Um, but nowadays, we do have terms that are used that are appropriate. And so if anything that we ever reference sounds a little bit off, um, it's only because maybe we're quoting things from a book and they're a little bit outdated. So we do our best to keep updated terms um, to be used. Uh, another thing you can also do uh, is you can decorate your house and yard with images of the death passage, the hunter, the crone, Corn stalks, pumpkins, colorful squashes, skeletons, and ghosts, which I'm sure pretty much everyone does for Halloween. Any deities of uh, coming darkness, um, not necessarily, again, darkness, again, not meaning evil. We, we've said this in many uh, podcasts before. Um, light and darkness are of the same same energy. The brightest light casts the longest shadow. Um, and obviously deities that have to do particularly with spellcraft or witchcraft. So one might think Freya, one might think Odin in the Norse pantheon. In the Greco-Roman pantheon, you would either think uh, Hecate. Uh, some people said that uh, Trivia um, was her uh, Roman equivalent or even the same person um, or the same entity. Uh, if you go to the uh, Haitian voodoo, uh, Afro-Caribbean diaspora, um, you would think uh, Baron Samadhi and uh, Maman Brigitte, the Lord and Lady of the Dead. Yes, and um, now the next couple of things that the book mentions is probably things that we already do, um, so you're celebrating, whether you know it or not, which is great. It just shows how easy it is. Um, you can have a party. Bob for apples in a tub of water, like we said. Drink cider, which I'm sure nobody is opposed to. Decorate cookies, pies, uh, hearty foods, music and dancing. With the spirit area set aside, a haunted house or a room. Side note, uh, she brought up cider. If you're drinking alcoholic cider, I will say mixes really good with mead and rum. Oh yeah, that's true. And those are both really like, well, not rum, but mead is pretty sweet. And so that's kind of a good thing to have around the I mean, you don't here. put in too much rum or if you want, throw in a vodka. Yeah. Yeah. It mixes well with a lot of things. Um, you know, it'd be really funny as you do, to do like a little, um, like a boozy witch. 
The boozy like witch. a side thing. <laughs> Wait, do we have to do with drunk? I mean, I'll do it. Oh, drunk, but. <laughs> well, no, no, it's not like drunk history. I don't know if I'd want to be recorded and or filmed while I'm drunk. Not sure that's a smart idea. I'm okay with it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'd, I would watch it sober or listen to it sober before putting it out there. Um, but at the very least, I would say we could do like recipes and have fun stuff to do like while drinking, obviously responsibly. That sounds like special content. To me. That's what I meant. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Um, yeah, if anyone in the coven or outside of the coven would like to see that, um, I think we can do that special content in the coven. That'd be cool. Um, you can also dress up and wear a mask and enjoy trick-or-treating. So those things I'm sure a lot of people do, especially if you have kids. Uh, and there's your excuse. I mean, you're already celebrating whether you know it or not. And uh, yeah, I mean, all these things, uh, like I said, you know, you can figure out your own way to be able to celebrate sewing. It is a wonderful, wonderful holiday that we enjoy because we very much enjoy autumn. Um, I've always just enjoyed Halloween and everything surrounding it uh, in general. So now that I have the spiritual aspect to it, it's even more enjoyable. Ah, so, uh, all in all, we will continue on with some of the other holidays to celebrate uh, oh, yes. around this time. Oh, actually, wait, sorry. Oh, One right thing ahead. before uh, we go on to some other stuff, I... Wanted to include um, another little ritual that you guys can do. Uh, it's from goddessandgreyman.co.uk. I love their website. It's also a really um, great resource for a beginner. Uh, I'm going to say it comes directly from them, and they own everything on the site. I'm just going to read it. Uh, so, you know, definitely check them out. But you can do a seed scattering charm for the ancestors. So this simple charm is designed to honor the spirit of those who have passed onto the Summerland. The seeds you scatter will grow in memory, a gift of remembrance to the earth. You will need a packet of seeds of your choice, a small dish, a small white candle in a suitable holder, and a pouch or bag for your seeds. The night before your seed scattering charm, pop the seeds into the dish and light the candle. Think about the person or people you wish to honor and remember. And as you do so, say, gone from sight, but not from heart. Merry meet, merry part. Or... You can use your own words. Uh, leave the seeds in a dish overnight and let the candles burn down completely, always taking safety precautions. When you are ready, place the seeds in your pouch and hold the pouch in your right hand on the way to a place of your choosing. On arrival, take the seeds and scatter to them, saying, You are remembered and held in my heart. Repeat three times. Where to do this? You can go to a favorite special place of your choice, a place that holds fond memories of the people you're honoring, or even your own garden. An idea of watching seeds germinating and growing in honor of people you love is very special. The charm works just as well if you plant the seeds in a small pot. Um, the charm works as an offering of thanks to spirit of place. The instructions are exactly the same except that when you prepare the seeds the night before, the words are, I give thanks for your beauty, it warms my heart, merry meet, merry part. So, just a little extra thing you guys can do, uh, especially depending on where you live. It depends on, you know how you're going to scatter the seeds, what seeds are going to be able to sustain the winter where you live, or if you want to do it in a pot inside. But, all right, that was my last thing. So let's talk about the other stuff. Fair enough. Oh, before we go on, I actually, I totally forgot myself. And oh, we're you talking. reminded me when you were, uh, <laughs> when you were talking. Um, no, we were going to talk a little bit about what it is we're going to do. Oh, yeah. Well, well, essentially, like I said, we're going to be celebrating sporadically throughout the week. I'm celebrating, I celebrate a bunch of holidays because I am an omnist universalist, for lack of a better word. Um, so I celebrate a wide variety of just about everything. Um, I always try to do it justice and I'm always learning a little bit more every year. Um, I, on Samhain, I am planning to stop at the graveyard to pay homage to the spirits of a particular graveyard and the graveyard that houses my grandparents, uh, but I don't just pay homage to them. I pay homage to ev every uh, spirit that was laid to rest there. Uh, maybe going out and enjoying a walk, depending on how long it's going to take. Uh, we'll be cooking special meals that have to do with it. I have a bunch of new recipes for stew uh, that I love. Um, I have carved three giant pumpkins. Um, one is a pumpkin to attract the energy of the deities. It is a gift for them. The other pumpkin, uh, which looks quite unsavory and fanged, <laughs> uh, will be used to keep away negative spirits and to gather negativity and to banish it and to drive it away. And the third, um, the third pumpkin, 
which is another happy looking one, will invite in good spirits, invite them to come and speak and communicate with us. And maybe we'll be able to help them and share with them on that day. It's a day that feels most warm on one of the more colder times of the year. So uh, that, and obviously a ritual, we're going to be banishing certain things that we don't want and trying to tap into other things that we do want, uh, perhaps even a seance and, mm. and some other uh, things that I feel would be the most resonant throughout this time of year. You can't get enough magic done, and we'll be doing that sporadically throughout the week. I'll be celebrating all of these other holidays, which I'm bringing up to you right now. So to move on, um, the next holiday... Um, it is known by many things. I like to call it by this one, Hallowmas. Hallowmas is All Saints Day, the Feast of All Saints, All Hallows Day, or the solemnity of this of all the saints, etc., etc. You get the idea. It is a Christian Catholic festival that's celebrated in honor of all the saints known and unknown, all those who have made that uh, that piety in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and Yahweh and the Christian Catholic diaspora. Uh, it is celebrated um, sporadically um, throughout all types of churches through Europe. Less celebrated in America from what I put together. Uh, there are a lot of things, there are a lot of American Catholics that I n notice that don't go by particular holidays. Um, and those holidays obviously evolved or elided, you know, back in the day with a lot of different uh, pagan traditions. Um it is celebrated by Catholics, Anglicans, Eastern Orthodox, and certain uh, denominations of Protestant alike. Um, probably most no, uh, notably like Lutheran or Methodist. Probably not necessarily. Uh, I don't hear a lot of Southern Baptists celebrating uh, these particular days. Uh, because some people view the saints as, uh, as uh, they're worshipping the saints or spreading that energy that should be spread to Jesus of Nazareth and Yahweh. Uh, when in reality, uh, you honor the saints and you honor their message, for it is tied to Jesus of Nazareth and Yahweh. Um, it is a way to honor lifetimes that were completely dedicated and uh, those particular ideas that everything could be learned. And I can go on for quite some time. That's um, definitely a wonderful idea, though. Oh, yes, yeah, so I celebrate. In fact, I, I love my old, I, I still have my old Catholic prayer book that. Uh, in the beginning of my uh, spirituality when I was younger. Obviously, I'm of Italian descent, of Mediterranean descent, so I was raised Catholic. And my grandfather got me this Catholic prayer book. And I've always loved the book. I got it from the Shrine of Our Lady of the Island out in Manorville. If you're ever out there, it's definitely one of the more lovely sites in Long Island. Definitely brings me peace, especially this time of year. Um, love to sing and offer my voice there uh, whenever possible. Now, the customs of this day are obviously, it's a feast of the saints, so usually certain saints are commemorated. People talk about their journeys and what it is they've went through, and how that context can be translated into our everyday lives, and how we can all come uh, to devote our lives in whatever way possible uh, to Jesus of Nazareth, uh, the Holy Spirit, Yahweh, uh, the Virgin Mary, and all the other uh, entities of that particular background. Now, I uh, always believe that uh, Christian Catholicism cannot exist without, obviously, uh, Judaism and uh, preceding it Zoroastrianism. So I try, uh, at the very most, to always adopt things and, and mix these things together because they go together more than people would think. Um, so All, Soul, All Saints Day is usually celebrated like that. The next day, All Souls Day, which also kind of uh, coincides, excuse me, with uh, the... Uh, South American holidays known as Dia de los Muertos, the Day of the Dead. I've certain, I'm certain uh, a lot of people have uh, heard of the holiday. Uh, we've seen a lot of, you know, the sugar skulls and uh, certain customs that surround uh, essentially a lot of the same things as Samhain and other holidays that commemorate the dead. Inviting the dead in, celebrating them, um, uh, playing songs and reciting things that uh, these deceased uh, enjoyed in life and really bringing things full circle. Now, uh, for uh, those of uh, Hispanic and Latino descent who celebrate this holiday, we would love for you to reach out to us and tell us more about uh, customs that are obviously more rooted in family ties. So please, uh, if you would ever leave any comments in the show notes or anything, uh, we would love to talk 
uh, more about this. Truth be told, we can fit it in the next podcast if enough people talk about it. Oh, yes, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we come out next Friday, so definitely uh, November 1st is going to be before then. So we can always fit in a time to record something. And um, family traditions, culture, I mean, even if you celebrate the same holidays as um, a lot of other people... It's always going to be very personal to you and your family or your circle. So that's why we'd really love to hear about it. Um, we'll definitely, if you want to email us, you can email us at witchypagegmail.com and send in your stories and we'll put them, uh, you know, we'll record a whole podcast about it if we get enough. Um, you can always talk to us on Instagram on Witchy Page as well. So, or Facebook too. Um, and Facebook, we actually have the Spellcast podcast private group and the page. So either way, however you want to contact us, um, if you want to share, we'd really be grateful. Uh, so the uh, Day of the Dead uh, in particular uh, is, though uh, one could say it originally started in Mexico, uh, did travel to the whole of South America in certain places. Um uh, the multi-day holiday focuses on gatherings of family and friends to pray and remember friends uh, and and family. Wow. Okay, that was an interesting. <laughs> that was interestingly written. See what happens um, when, when this you is when off. we recite things. Um, you know, to 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 help them and pray for them on their spiritual journeys. Um, the holiday is sometimes um, uh, We're celebrated. Have a game. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's usually associated uh, with the public with the public a lot. You know, a lot of public get involved. Usually, people are much more respectful that time of year, at least from what I put together. I have never been to to Mexico or any South American country, so I cannot com- make any commentary about that directly. Um, but from what I put together, it seems to be a more uh, wholehearted time of year. Um, traditions connected with the holiday include building private altars um, called uh, ofrendas. Um, honoring the deceased using uh, calaveras, Aztec marigolds, and the favorite foods and beverages of the departed. So it was a real time to uh, come together and remember. Mm-hmm. I always say that holidays are important, not just to really come to terms with death and the idea of death and the symbolism that surrounds death itself, but also really uh, paying homage and remembering who you are. You can only look toward the future by knowing what you came from. Otherwise, you don't know. Imagine if you were climbing a mountain... And you forgot that you climbed half of it and you had no self-esteem or any history that surrounded it. You wouldn't have any motivation as to how far you came. So it's essentially the same idea. And it's also a way to keep that memory fresh in your head, exercising your brain, exercising your spirit, which I always think is quite important. Scholars trace the origins of the Mexican holiday to the indigenous observances um, back from the Aztecs and uh, probably certain Incans and Mayans, but mostly Aztec from what it is I put together. Um, Because of the Spanish invasions, obviously a lot, and Spanish and French invasions, a lot of uh, Catholicism had mixed. Um, A lot of these mixings is where Haitian voodoo, Santeria, and certain uh, lesser known uh, paths uh, came to be. They alighted to protect themselves against people persecuting them, but they also alighted because um, a lot of the people that lived in South America, and I'd argue that they still, a, a lot of people like this today, was so very in tune with the ebb and flow of nature and the spirituality uh, surrounding Mother Earth that they were able to see all the connections with everything. And alighting at things really wasn't that hard. Um, they could probably see more out of the religion that was invading them than the actual people bringing it, which is something to be said. Yes. And um, I have uh, been very interested in that particular holiday myself. So I I would love to know more research and, again, like personal stories about it. Because that's how you really learn a lot is by talking to people. I mean, we can research things and, you know, read books and do everything else like that. Um, but... When you really get to talk to people that practice these things is where you really grab an understanding, a true understanding of how people celebrate. It's very personal. And if there's ever anyone that would like to get together for any holidays that is local to where we are, we are more than welcome, uh, welcoming and we have open arms with our coven. If you want to celebrate anything, just, you know, come on in and do it. Ah, now uh, the next holiday that I'm going to speak of as we come to the end of the podcast is uh, Fet or Fete Gede. Now Fet is a word essentially just meaning party. And Gede is essentially a loa of the dead. 
Mm. Um, now, the law of the dead can be dead that have already existed, or it could be the literal dead that existed in your family uh, that uh, become lower in that time. Loa just essentially roughly translates to the word law, the laws, you think the laws of nature. Um, they're intermediary, intermediary spirits um, between the, the highest of powers um, that uh, supersede on behalf of us. I hope I use sentence structure right in that explanation, <laughs> but y'all get the idea. So it's a time where voodoo sants in particular celebrate the ancestral dead, typically during uh, either or both the first two days of November, known as the Festival of the Ancestors, Fetigede Festival, Fet, you know, you see where all the origins of language come from. Now, how we got Creole was mixing uh, certain West African dialects with French and tail amounts of Spanish. So that's, uh, you see a lot of cultural diffusion that has existed that led to these um, amazing pieces of culture. Um, obviously, uh, customs of this, people dress up, take to the streets, dance in communion with the ancestors and walk, uh, and walk in, uh, uh, processions to the graveyards where they feed, uh, the dead with gifts from their own table. In this way, uh, they honor the spirits of the dead. In the peristyles, now peristyle is essentially, um, a voodoo sans, uh, place of worship, uh, a church for lack of a better word. Uh, up and down the country, uh, there is music, dancing, and feasting. The priests and the people come together, and there are drumming, singing, and uh, jokes. Now, uh, in the uh, now, this is contrary to many other cultures. Usually, when people speak of the dead, they try not to be crude. But in uh, Haitian voodoo saint lore, uh, the Gede, and if you've ever seen a possession. Uh, you'll know that the the Gede and the spirits of the Gede and spirits of the dead, uh, they're pretty okay with being crude and as vulgar as possible, for the most part. And the interesting thing, too, is with these holidays, it's about celebrating life just as much as it is respecting the dead. So their way of respecting the dead, it seems, is to honor the life that they had, to to joke around, to have fun, that, you know, you don't have to remain somber or sad. And a lot of people say that even secularly. They'll be like, oh, that person wouldn't want you to be sad. They'd want you to continue to joke and have a good time. So it's all kind of the same. And you can see similar uh, aspects between different cultures. Fetgede is also a traditional voodoo feast, uh, which celebrates really all the loa. I mean, any chance to commemorate and celebrate all the loa is uh, usually uh, a time. Usually the bigger the group, the more loa can be uh, brought in, can... Uh, can uh, can ride some of the uh, possessees, for lack of a better word. Um, though, yeah, the horse, the cheval, I believe it's how it's pronounced. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Any voodoo-sans who are listening, I am uh, still learning a decent amount. I hope to come across uh, experienced people in the culture at some point. Um, we really need to get you a drink. Get me a drink? I keep saying ah uh, and saying, um. Uh, a lot? Oh, well, okay, I guess that'll be <laughs> my drinking, drinking game. game. <laughs> Finally, it happened to me, the drinking game of the, the, game of the week. Oh, um, yeah, also come into a spiritual pilgrimage to the cemetery to pay respect to the dead. It's almost, a, it's a big rite of passage. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, it's just drink, keep, drink, keep drink, 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 drink. <laughs> Rituals usually take place throughout the entire whole of November. Uh, they lay out gifts such as homemade beeswax candles, flowers, foods to warm the Gede's bones, bottles of rum stuffed with chili peppers. There are special names wait, for Wait, wait, wait. The chili peppers are in the rum? Yes. I re recall that I told you about... Uh, I think I, I, I said that once in a podcast. I think we were talking to Possibly. Nick. Uh, yes, yeah, some... Uh, particularly the Gede like that particular concoction. That's weird. Usually that is only... Uh, what happens is uh, someone is, is possessed by a Gede spirit. And you can always tell when this person is possessed because they don't just drink that rum. Uh, they sometimes rub it on their eyes and general uh, genitals and any other orifices. Oh. So you would have to be pretty out of your mind to be able to They're really to trying that. to prove it. <laughs> so uh, if I'm to quote the wonderful Haitian voodoo handbook, which we will state in the... Uh, which we will state in the... Uh, show, notes? show notes? Yes, that's the word. <laughs> Man. Mentally slowing down. Uh. We're at, we're recording a few uh, today, so it's going to be a long time. <laughs> ah, yes. So, uh, particularly 
Baron Samadhi or Baron Samadhi and Maman Bridget. They are the Lord and Lady of the Dead. Usually this time of year when you're, you know, obviously celebrating the dead, they would be the first lower that you would uh, think and come to mind. Usually the depictions of Baron Samadhi uh, come in, in many different varieties, but the most notable is the white paint with the skull, uh, gaunt-looking face, and the top hat, sometimes sunglasses, and a particular type of cigar is always in artist depictions. Ah, uh, Baron Samadhi? Yes. Yeah, that uh, can also be related to Princess and the Frog for my Disney lovers out there. They based... Well, Princess the... and the Frog is related to it, rather. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, so Princess and the Frog is based off of him. The antagonist in the story, anyway. But to clear something up, Baron Samadhi himself is not an antagonist. They just kind of needed a bad guy and he looked spooky, so I guess that was what they were going for. <laughs> Unless, of course, you piss him off, then he's, he's well. I mean, more I feel like well anyone to... can be a bad guy if you piss him off. <laughs> so, um, to quote a couple of wonderful phrases from this book, we're talking about uh, the uh, Gede. This particular paragraph, which is directly from the Haitian Voodoo Handbook by Kanaz Filin, Protocols of Writing with the Loa, Death and Sexuality, Haitian Style. The Gede loudly. Uh, the Gede's loudly erotic behavior and preoccupation with genitalia and sexual affairs point to their dual role. They are connected not only with the graveyard, but also to procreation. Before without death, there cannot be life. Mm. Women wishing to conceive will ask for the Gede's assistance in becoming pregnant, while they are likely to provide a long and colorful commentary about, quote-unquote, your man's limp insert uh, oh. expletive here, no. uh, they, they're also known to provide potent aid to the childless. Worried uh, parents with sick children will often seek the Gede's aid. The Gede are known to also protect children, ensuring that they grow up uh, to make babies of their own. Uh, no matter how ill a child may be, uh, they will not die if the Gede refuse to dig the grave. Hmm. Some voodoo saints say that the Gede help, uh, helps dead spirits to reincarnate. Others say that this is a modern interpretation or a corruption of pure voodoo by New Age practices. But although reincarnation does not figure prominently in the traditional, uh, in the traditional religions of West Africa, voodoo is not exclusively African. It has long since been incorporated with the imageries and ideas of the Taino and the Arawak natives, folk Catholicism, Freemasonry, and many other traditions. So it's hard to say that there's necessarily pure uh, Haitian voodoo or pure practices Really, anywhere. So all the more reiteration that we are much more connected than people would think. Partial diffusion. Um, so, yes, again, yeah, the Gede are, are known for being crude. They will, they will talk about uh, just about anything, and they are not afraid of striking a nerve, which, should be told, is right up my alley. Um, now, essentially... There, there are also, for the most part, when you're celebrating this festival, you're dealing with good dead. But uh, there are uh, the envoi morte, the malevolent dead. The malevolent dead are, you know, uh, this time of year, you know, if you want to get really dark with it, is a time of year where you can essentially summon a spirit that died in a very nasty way, and you can essentially cast a curse on people. It would be much mm. easier to do that this time of year. Just to... Uh, for everyone to keep that in mind, <laughs> you know we are a, we are a very down the middle podcast. We are not suggesting anything yeah, one way or the other. I'm not really but, suggesting you want to curse people. Uh, I mean, if you gotta, you gotta. You know, I'm. I'm Again, I'm obviously... you're gonna do you, but <laughs> we're not gonna. We're not gonna. Uh, we suggest are not going to, to suggest or condone anything in particular exactly. for uh, there are legalities. I don't want I, anyone coming back and be like, you said it was a good idea to curse people during this time of year. Not what I meant. <laughs> never that, I said it was an easier time of year to do it. Didn't say you should. <laughs> uh, uh, maybe you should. Who knows? I don't, I don't care. <laughs> um, but, you know, there are, are many uh, styles of offerings. I, I'd argue uh, that a lot of uh, offerings that you can give particular dead, you can also offer to the Baron and his lady. Um, also, recall that you will not speak to any dead without first saluting uh, those two Loa. And you cannot really talk to any other Loa besides 
Papa Legba uh, until you salute Papa Legba, for he opens the doors at the crossroads. So obviously the experienced old man at the crossroads uh, needs his due respect uh, lest uh, you won't be able to really do anything. So those are a couple of holidays around this time of year, and there, truth be told, are many. Mm. If you go in and you dive into subculture, you will see that this time of year, people have just kind of sensed it. People knew that this time of year was the time of the dead and coming into the news. So uh, all in all, that's pretty much what's going on uh, with us and what it is we wanted to bring to you. Uh, we will be reciting poetry. Uh, if you ever want us to bring up more poetry or more music or anything for this time of year, I'm a classically trained vocal performer, as I've said before. Uh, so uh, if anyone's looking for any particular music to set the mood for any uh, new people out there that are trying to uh, build traditions of your own, um, we can make a plethora of recommendations, talk about food. We're a little uh, late to publishing our first couple of episodes of The Kitchen Witch, which will be on YouTube, but uh, hopefully maybe we'll be able to get up something that maybe you could give a try this year round. Yes, I will get it up, definitely. Uh, so definitely look out for that. It's Witchy Page is also our YouTube channel, and I also have one for the Craft Crossroads to show our behind-the-scenes stuff with that, but Witchy Page is where all our Kitchen Witch stuff is going to be. And yeah, I mean, that was a great episode. I hope everyone really enjoyed it. We enjoy talking about sewing and really anything witchy. So this is great. We thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you everyone that's um, reviewed us, that's, you know, been there to support us in any way possible. All of our patrons and anchor supporter listeners, if you guys want to join the coven, definitely check out patreon.com. It's the Spellcast podcast. You can look us up. You can donate anything from a dollar to we have up to $15 a month. Uh, so all those tiers are different. All of them are special. We appreciate everyone. And even if you can't join Patreon, we appreciate you sharing, liking our stuff, talking about us, uh, listening to it. Anything you possibly do, rate and review us on iTunes or any platform you listen to. Go ahead and follow us and interact with us on Instagram witchy page and on facebook as well spellcast podcast facebook page and the group uh all you have to do is answer questions basically i just want to know that you listen you're going to respect everyone in the group so it's really easy to join but i made it private so we can all talk about whatever we want and feel free to do so so the spellcast podcast group just ask to join i will always accept you guys thank you so much um for being here and it's been a great episode and for episode 22, we can't wait to bring that to you guys. It's going to be next week about uh, Italian witchcraft. Yes, in which we will quote uh, a book that I haven't to come across and uh, things that I know about the history that exists on my side of the family. Yes, both of our sides. I have a little Italian too, you know. And uh, if you would like to join patreon or if you are part of patreon i want to let you guys know there's going to be a special episode up on halloween so it's not too late to get some of those extra spooky halloween perks if you do join patreon right now and yeah thank you guys again and this is us going out right now so remember there's a little witch in all of us and always remember friends the spirits live in the mirror <laughs>